Hey, welcome to episode 87 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how the straight path isn't always the easy path. Right. I'm Pastor Jack Hamilton, and uh, opportunity to talk with Jackson today to be a little bit about knowing what God's will and guidance in your life will be like and what could be or used to help determine that. Mm. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Pastor Jack, thank you so much. Wow, 87. 87. Wow, that's older than I am. It's barely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for being on. Yeah. And um, it was fun having you back in the saddle preaching this weekend. Yeah, it was kind of fun to be back. I mean, it feels weird to even say back in the saddle. You told me, like, it's been like six years. Yeah, it's been six years. I've been on stage and stuff before, Jackson, for funerals and doing other stuff, but yeah. not in an actual preaching service. You yeah. know, it's been, uh, you know, but even uh, even hosting, I don't think I've hosted in six years like yeah. I used to, you know, maybe two or three times a month. So that's all different, but it was kind of fun to be up there with your dad, and I love your dad, and so he's always very kind to me. Yeah, yeah. No, it was fun to have you guys, and it made so much sense, just mm-hmm. like you know, my dad said this weekend, but also just knowing you, it makes so much sense to have you involved in a Proverbs series okay. because yeah. of the great role that that book's played in your life, yeah, but also time. because I you would not toot your horn this way, but so many people revere you as their kind of source of wisdom that they would look to when they're in a pickle or whatever. That's been true in my life as well. Mm -hmm. And so you talked about just how really fundamental and foundational reading a proverb a day was Mm -hmm. for um, consistently, you said like two years this weekend? Yeah, about two years, yeah, pretty much. So, And I say that to you too, Jackson, it was two years when that that started, but then I drifted away towards other devotional things, but there was probably other years where I might have done that again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And one of the things that kind of rises to the surface to me is I think if somebody were to, you know, try to practice that and say, okay, let me start reading a proverb a day, they might begin to get a little bit frustrated in the process because some of the proverbs for sure i think the first you know 11 feel very consistent it feels Mm -hmm. like okay we're just moving kind of through a topic in each one or things like that but then when you get to the back half it really does feel like we're in like kind of popcorn fortune cookie zone right so as somebody who you know really depended on that as a source of kind of spiritual insight Mm -hmm. what what was kind of your process? How would you interpret it um, or even apply it to your life when you'd read some of those kind of fortune cookie yeah, sections? I, I would say, you know, one of the things that I think I mentioned at one of the services, but not all of them, that it was out of the old living Bible. You know, when I said that, you know, most people don't even know what that is probably with all the modern translations, but it's a paraphrase. And I actually think it was good for me to have a paraphrase in the first couple of years there because I'm a new believer. I'm only 22, 23 years old. And it was honestly, back then, you got to go back 40 years. Most everybody was using King James. Yeah. yeah. And so it was a little tougher. To, and- yeah. There was a lot of stuff that was pretty tough in there. So yeah. Living Bible really helped me, I think, to appropriate the word 
in its truest meaning and maybe not the most accurate things in you know in a theological sense but I, I thought it was really helpful and I kept using that in fact even at home right now I have the living Proverbs next to my bed sometimes I'll read that the chapter it is interesting what you said too, Jackson it's really the first nine or ten chapters before we get into the popcorn thing yeah and I know I think you're even preaching on uh, chapter seven maybe because uh-huh. six and seven kind of fit together a little bit because it talks about adultery and immorality and the crazy things that men do and uh, the wayward woman and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, to be honest with you, I, I got kind of tired of reading 1 through 9 or 10, and I would jump to chapter, I think, 10, where it starts, you know, giving them verse by verse. It would be totally separate uh, topics from one verse to the yeah. next. But I would do that sometimes because, I you know, I kind of got tired of the same story over and over where if I was reading through a chapter, I was always looking for, even intentionally, I wanted to be able to walk away from that with a a truth, whatever Mm. that was, maybe a a nugget of something for today. And I still do that with my devotional stuff. You know, even today I was reading in 1 Timothy 3 and 4. I mean, there was stuff in there that, you know, I kind of had forgotten, kind of good reminders, you know, that way. Yeah. So you almost look at it as an advantage in some ways that it is popcorning all over the place because it's kind of like, how is it going to speak to my heart today I yes guess. yes and and i think in your devotional life i don't know how you and sky do that but for me that's i i, I say to myself okay lord what what do you have for me today because i really want to walk away with something that i want to practice that day a truth or an idea or a thought that just is a reminder to me. Like even today, as goofy as I was reading in chapter four, it talks about people are for in the last days are forbidding marriage. Mm. Hmm. That does sound a little bit <laughs> possibly. I, would, I wouldn't have thought that that was a, that was going to be a thing. But yeah, that's real. but yeah, it's yeah. kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, that's kind of the way I would approach it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a ton of sense, and I do think that actually really does make proverbs very friendly to yeah, the yes. outsider because it's not. Um, it's not as much, I think if you are, say you're in you know, one of Paul's letters, mm-hmm. it's really important for you to know the context of it, to yes. be able to apply yes. it. Yeah, but Proverbs, right. you know, hey man, I'm coming to the scriptures, I'm looking for general wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's what the Proverbs are all about. Right. Here's a bunch of popcorn ones, and it's almost yep. like, hey, let me just see which of these verses I get you know, 20 to choose from today. Yep. Which one can I just kind of cling on to yes. and try to apply to my life today? Right. And I, I think yeah. that's a lot more friendly. Yeah, to, and, I, and I think too, if we're talking about our target audience, sometimes the book of Proverbs is very practical in terms of leadership, even for a maybe a, a pagan, a guy mm-hmm. that doesn't even know Christ, he can learn from the book of Proverbs because it's principles of leadership, principles of finances, principles of family stuff. Friendship. Oh, all of yeah. that. Yeah, friendship's a big one in there. It sometimes is minimized, but it's a big one. But I, I, I just think that I love it and I thank God for it. And the, the most disappointing thing to me is what? Solomon screwed up mm. at the end. Yeah. And if anything, all that should do for older people that are in the faith is remind them that could happen to you. Yeah. You can't ever say that will never happen to me. It tells us that in First Corinthians that be careful, you know, how you walk because you think may fall. I can't remember the verse. I think it's chapter 10. But uh, I just think that's a good reminder, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I think such a true thing about wisdom that it's not about what you know it's about what you're willing to apply yes and the moment that 
Solomon became unwilling to apply. He's the wisest guy to ever live. He yes. knows all the stuff. Yep. He just Still stopped wanting heart. to apply it. Yeah, it's your heart thing. And, you know, there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. You can be smart and still be an idiot, you know, versus the heart wisdom. And I thought it was fascinating, even looking at the verses we looked at this weekend, that the heart was mentioned in all four verses. Mm. Your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. And you had those kind of five qualifications right, to right. hear the the will of God. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so good because that so many people want to hear from God. They want to be led right. by God. Right. And I think even people who maybe aren't even saved yet yeah. would say that, right? Yeah. Like that's very true across yeah. our culture. Yeah. Yeah. But I think such a just intellectually sound and very logical argument to make, mm-hmm. why would you hear or know what his will is if you're not already in it? That's right. That makes a ton of sense. Right. So it, how yeah. was, what was kind of the process for you in coming up with those five? It's yeah, kind of daunting I, when I you think, think, what are the five qualifications? Yeah, to there's be actually in? a couple more. I'll share another one with you this morning. But I um, I think probably 30 or 40 years ago, I read a little brochure, How to Know God's Will. Mm. And it was expressed in there. And I kind of memorized those five S words. Yeah. And so when I would counsel people or even in my own life when I'm seeking the straight path. I want to make sure those things are true because it stuck. It was so true to me, Jackson. It's absurd to ask God for direction and his will when I'm not even at least making an effort to do what he's already told me to do. Yeah, It makes no sense, but I think that's just the stupidity of our generation that uh, they think they can have it both ways yeah you know what i mean and it's not true i i or we almost think god has no requirements yes it's kind of this almost like weird understanding that we've taken of him the logical question too though but is to say you have those five things and if those things are you know true relatively true in your life still how do you discern god's will or direction and i think there's we could talk a bit about that at some point because i mean other verses in proverbs you know like in the living it says oh, there's wisdom and a multitude of counselors mm. Uh, so every one of us should have godly men and women in our lives that we could go to for direction. You know, yeah. I think there's some verses in the New Testament talk about in James one. It says, if you lack wisdom, do what? Pray. Mm. And he'll do that. Mm. But those things come after I think you've made sure those other five things are true. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this, sharing this with you. You know, I, there was a couple other ones that I didn't have time for. I didn't even do. Once in First Thessalonians chapter 5, listen to this. It's First Thessalonians five eighteen, And you know how I kind of underlined all those words. This is God's will. Listen yeah. to this one. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God. Mm. This is the will of God. So God's will for me is to give thanks in all circumstances. Hmm. Talk about tough verses to apply. Hmm. Man, I can't give thanks often in a lot of crappy things that are going on in my life or even things that I see around in the world. But it says here very clearly in the word of God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Hmm. That's another one. So we could add that, you know, we could add a couple more to the five S's. Yeah. It's gratitude. I don't know how you get an S out of that, but (laughs) (laughs) we'll get into the thesaurus. Yeah. Get us an S S word. But I, you know, I was thinking of when I was preparing my talk or part of the, the message that Todd and I were doing, I actually had that one listed, Mm. but I just didn't feel like I had time. And I already felt like I was blowing through those other five. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you feel like out of those five, 
today in the lives of believers, where do you feel like kind of the hole is or the... I would say it's probably in the third one. You know, we talked about salvation. We talked about being spirit-filled. The third one we use, you know, in the NIV, it uses the word sanctified. Mm. Most people don't even know what that means, but it basically means just to be set apart for holy purpose to stop sinning. I, I, in one of the services, I don't remember which one it was, but I, I remember talking to, a, I used, Linda and I used to do the premarital class. We'd always have four or five couples, maybe 10 or 12 people, and uh, working with younger couples, thinking about getting married. But I remember very specifically a couple that um, wanted, were thinking about getting married. They weren't even engaged yet, because usually you have those in the couples in that class are engaged couples, but this wasn't. But they were involved with each other, Jackson, physically. They were involved physically, living. They weren't living together, but they weren't living a separate holy life. And they're asking me for wisdom and praying to, to know if they should get married or not. Hmm. Well, I thought, you guys are idiots. Yeah. Well, you know, you're involved with each other physically, and God says, don't do that. And then you're asking for his will and for wisdom when you're not even operating in the way you can. So how's you God going to... You can't pick and choose when no, you want his you will. you can't. Yeah. And so I'm saying, you got to stop being involved that way. And then, then we'll tackle the subject, is this the right man or is this the right woman to be married for life? Mm. But I think the, the big one, you know, maybe I'm an old man now and just maybe having a problem. But when I look at those five, honestly, the, the whole probably is number three. The third one was the sanctification thing. Because we live in a world now, Jackson, it's so sex-filled everything. Mm-hmm. TV, you know, social media, magazines, book covers. Uh, it's just all kind of messed up. Yeah. And I even mentioned that, you know, in our world, do we hear the word chastity or virginity or those are forgotten words. I don't even think you hear them at all, Yeah. but they're there yeah. and they're biblical. And then one of the things you're going to be preaching on, I think in seven, and you're going to probably make reference maybe to some stuff in six, Proverbs six, that's part of what God's saying, you know, watch out for this dude. Yeah. Yeah. It'll cost you your life. It will cost you your life. And I think that that's, um, you know, it's interesting. I've been having a lot of conversations with young adults recently. It's yeah. just been coming up uh, in different things that they're going through. You know, somebody's got uh, a drinking problem or sure, they've got a problem with yeah. looking at porn or whatever. Yeah. And as we've been talking about these different things, there's been this the same shame and stigma that there always is of like, man, I'm embarrassed that I need help or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I've just looked at them each time and I've been like, you've got to be kidding me. You're in your twenties. Like that's what this is for. Yes. Why would you not take the time in your twenties to get serious about this? Yeah. Root this out of your life and yeah. pursue this sanctification Yeah. because man, the alternative is you keep hiding this and it boils to a head in your fifties. Yeah. You yeah, don't want well, that. It'll, it'll you've got, cost, you've got yeah. family, kids depending on you and all of this yeah. comes out and it topples everything that you've been building in your life it'll cost you everything your life your everything and i I just think as a as a church i i want to see us you know run towards that sanctification not Mm -hmm. with the oh i need help but i think what we see continually in scripture is that the stuff that gets brought into the light that's the stuff that gets healed. That's yeah. the stuff that gets restored. No, and Jackson, so it's like the moment we bring it out, yeah. it's like we're starting to bring the, the power of the gospel to that situation. Yeah, no, that's good, wise advice for younger people. You know, any, I don't know, we could talk forever about addictions and things like that. And it just seems like it's so much more severe than even when I was a young man, 
you know, I, it, maybe I just am more aware of it, I don't know. But I, I, there's something going on in our culture, and I think both of us probably would agree to a certain degree a good portion of the social media and mm-hmm. all of that. But it, it is heartbreaking to me because I've had many conversations with especially men that are struggling with some of that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think, man, why? I, I just feel like it's almost like maybe for this generation coming up, They've seen so many of the moral failings of leaders, pastors, maybe right. their own dads and uncles. Sure. And it's like, man, I, I would hope that we could run after sanctification now, after sure. seeing this generationally mm-hmm. of almost a group of people who yeah. kind of tried to not deal with it, tried yeah. to avoid it, mm-hmm. and kind of keep it hidden. And yeah. it's like, man, what a great reason to bring it into the light and let's deal yeah. with it. Well, it just crossed my mind real quick. You know, one of the things that we do here, I'm proud of our Pure Life program. Yeah. And we have a, a program on Tuesday nights that helps most likely men struggling with uh, pornography and some of those sexual addictions and we've seen some really wonderful things come from that we even have uh, you know Tim Willer had organized uh, some wives groups support groups wives that were having husbands that were struggling with that yeah and it's never wrong Jackson to ask for help I, I don't I don't know maybe it's pride that gets in our way that stops us from seeking help or direction and and, um, you know, like I was saying, you know, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. I just think we need people. And God made us social beings. He made us yeah. to be involved. And I think we're going to do a series coming up here in the next few months on the one another's. Yeah. You know, the one another passages in the Bible. Well, th- those are all speaking to that issue of relationship, connection. Back in the old days, we used the word fellowship. Yeah. Those are all there. And, uh, I, you know, it's like I was telling you earlier before we started the the live feed here, there was a young man that I spoke to on Sunday after the service. The guy is alone. Yeah. No Christian friends and family's not believers. And he's trying to walk with the Lord kind of by himself. Yeah. And it made me, my heart was heavy for him. And I think that idea of sanctification, it's never going to happen alone. It's not Good. a Lone Ranger Christianity. No, it's Where not. you just kind of hunker down and get more holy all on yeah. your own. Yep, yep. It's going to happen depending on the spirit and leading into community. You're right. I agree with that. And that's true. And so we need to challenge our people in that area as well. Yeah. Well, the whole, this, you know, really iconic passage out of Proverbs, kind of the whole goal of it or the whole appeal of it gets into that last verse that God will make our paths straight. Yes. And obviously that I think is the attraction to the, to the whole thing. What, what has that actually looked like in your life as somebody who has, you know, sought to have those five S's present mm-hmm. in your life and sought to have his will kind of run through your life? What does it look like for him to make your path straight? Yeah. Um, even when, when all five of those things are true does not mean you're not going to experience some of the most difficult days of your life. Mm-hmm. But I do think um, knowing those things, it kind of goes to the first point, trust in the Lord with your whole heart. Uh, even when all those things are true, there's going to be difficult things. And your dad did a good job on the, you know, keep making the Lord's declaration there is make your path straight. That doesn't mean there are going to be uh, no problems or no bumps in the road, but that does know that gives you 
an understanding that God still has value and purpose in this mm -hmm. for whatever he's trying to develop. And I do think there's times that we'll know what uh, the value and purpose was looking back, but there's other times we may, may not know for a couple years. Mm -hmm. But that's the whole faith component, the whole trust component. We got to get to that point where we accept what God brings into our lives and realize that it has value, that it has purpose. That's a tough one for us as Christians because we'll go along maybe and do well in that area and then some new circumstance comes and it's hard to appropriate that truth. But ultimately, we have to. It was kind of interesting too, when I was thinking about that on Sunday especially, I'm looking out there, you know, a thousand people or so at 11 o'clock and I'm thinking, there's people sitting out there, Jackson, that just lost a loved one, mm. that have just maybe lost their job, maybe they're having financial problems. And it's very hard to share what I was sharing with them face to face yeah because man it comes across like you're you don't care you're you don't just understand you don't yeah. understand my situation and so it's a little easier to you know do that corporately to a whole group yeah. for them to understand rather than face to face because sometimes that's so inappropriate to share that uh, with someone that just lost their husband or wife or mom or dad you know, when you say, you know, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord, you know, and I'm thinking, man, that doesn't come across real easy. Yeah. So you have to earn the right to be able to proclaim that and say that to a person maybe after there's a relationship that's established. Mm. But that's kind of what for me, I, I find sometimes I focus on little words or little phrases like I mentioned this weekend. I think sometimes we forget the first part of that verse where it says, we know, mm. we know, we don't guess, we don't suppose, we don't hope we know all yeah. things work together i i do that a lot with you know one of my other favorite ones is you know i'll challenge people with um what was jesus like give me some adjectives that you describe him what was he like when he lived on this earth two thousand years ago and they'll say he was compassionate he was loving and so forth but there's only one place in the whole new testament where he describes himself mm. one place mm. matthew eleven thirty four. i think i am humble and gentle of heart yeah so you and I say we want to be Christ-like, better be at the top of that list. Yeah. I am humble and gentle of heart. Hmm. And it has to be true. Uh, you know, when we think about Proverbs too, I think guys like us and people that maybe have been called to leadership in the church or Christian ministries and other places, there's a lot of leadership principles in there. Mm. And I, I just, I, and I preach to myself, you know, one of my favorites back in the old living Bible from 30 or 40 years ago in uh, Proverbs 18, where it says, only a fool listens to one side of the story. Mm. Talk about leadership, Jackson. How mm. often are you stupid in that one? Yeah. I was stupid in that one, even as a parent, because I'd hear one kid tell me one thing about the other kid and then find out later that wasn't the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even uh, I had some fun stories I could tell you about uh, back in my days. But uh, and then it, there another one, right? Same chapter. I think it's verse uh, four or five verses later, maybe verse 18 or 19 says only a fool decides a matter before he's gathered all the facts. Mm talk about leadership principles yeah only a fool has you know decided a matter before he's gathered all the facts how stupid are you when you don't do your homework mm -hmm. and do the check things out before you make a decision as a leader yeah 
So, I mean, there's just a bunch of stuff in there. I like iron sharpeneth iron like one man sharpeneth another. And that goes back to what we were talking about before. We need that relationship yeah. with someone, you know? Yeah. We could just pull out two or three verses almost out of every chapter yeah. that would help us live this life that God's called us to. And I think it's interesting. It's so our kind of like Western mindset today that when we hear that God's going to make our path straight, that somehow also means easy to yes, us. Yes, you're right. It's like, I that's nowhere in the text that he's going to make our paths easy. Mm-hmm. But there is something so, I think about how when we live in God's will, how when we pursue it and we pursue wisdom, how much simpler it makes our life. Sin right. makes our lives so complicated yeah. because there's so many yep. things that we've got to deal with. We've got lies, we've got things that we're hiding and secrets. Yeah. But then when you're in the center of God's will, there's, there's just this simplicity to it of mm-hmm. it might not be an easy step forward, yeah. but I do know the next step for me to take. Yeah, I do right. know the next place for me to go. I know what to do in this season. And it's not always some smooth, flat surface. It's not always downhill. Sometimes it is a steep incline and you don't want to take that step, yeah. but the path is straight. Yeah. And so there is this simplicity to, I know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And now... It might be difficult to do that, but I still know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And there, there's simplicity to that. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I, and I, I love the simplicity part because I'm a simple guy. I, You know, I was thinking uh, even, uh, I don't even know how you guys that are teaching in the series define wisdom, but I've always kind of defined it in my own mind is kind of seeing seeing life and responding to life from God's point of view. Mm. So it's almost like I try to pull myself out and how does God see this? Mm. You know, not that I, that sounds almost heretical, but you know what I mean? Being able to get a little different perspective. It's not how Jack sees it, but this is how God sees this situation. Mm. And so if I can have that godly perspective, yeah. I think it helps us mm. live life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's powerful. Well, thank you, Jack, for taking the time. I sure. really appreciate it. Yeah. It's been fun to chop it up with you. Yeah, we can <laughs> do it, whatever. <laughs> we could, we could keep doing it. Yeah, we could. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Tangible Takeaways this week. I hope it's been encouraging to you. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe so that you get updates about future videos as well. Uh, but that's all we have for this week. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.